Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, August 21st. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what you need to know today. A rare and dangerous West Coast tropical storm. Plus, more Americans are falling behind on credit card payments. But first, today's one big thing. America's teacher shortage continues. Once again, the school year is beginning in America with not enough teachers. Turnover rates are high and fewer young people want to go into the profession. Axios' Erica Pandey is here to explain why, as well as what's being done to solve this persistent problem. Hi, Erica. Hi, Nyla. Can you first lay this out for us by the numbers? How many vacancies are there right now? So according to research from the Kansas State University's College of Education, There are over 30,000 vacancies in the U.S. and then more than 160,000 jobs that are filled by teachers who aren't qualified. So they may have a bachelor's but not their certification yet, something like that. And that's not even a full estimate. I mean, I spoke to the the College of Education. They said that they have a lot of the data, but some states haven't reported. So it's likely even more than that. And can you put in context like 30,000 teachers, what that means for the overall system? Here's a stat from the National Center for Education Statistics, and they're saying that as of October 2022, 4% of all public school teaching positions were vacant. So 4% might not seem like a lot, but like we just said, it's tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of teachers, and it's a lot of crucial positions. Like one of the areas that's really dire is special education teachers. So there's a lot of roles that need to urgently be filled, and there's just no one out there who wants the job. We had a very similar conversation around this time last year. Can you remind us why people don't want this job? There's just a lot of burnout in the profession. I mean, we talked to superintendents who say that they're really worried that there's an existential crisis for the teaching profession. They have jobs out with just no applications for them. And there's so many factors going on, right? Like you had the pandemic that really had teachers become health officers and virtual teachers and really change up the way they do things. You've had an uptick in school shootings that really strains teachers and makes them wonder if it's all worth it. Of course, pay is a huge issue, Nyla. I mean, one stat I came across in my reporting for this story that really shocked me was just how stagnant teacher salaries have remained. Between 1996 and 2021, the inflation-adjusted weekly wages of public school teachers only increased by $29. That's according to Economic Policy Institute. And schools and teachers are getting pulled into political conversations all the time in different states. So the narrative of what it means to be a teacher in this country that used to be a really dignified thing is changing in some states, and teachers might not want to be part of that anymore. Are there any new efforts since this problem isn't improving? What are different states trying to do? In the Twin Cities, St. Paul Public Schools offered bonuses of up to 10000 this year in a scramble to fill some crucial positions, and they were able to fill some of those. In Miami-Dade County, the district offered pay raises across the board, but Axios Miami reports that they were still about 280 teachers short when classes started last week. And then there's other districts that are trying to kind of fix the pipeline problem. So you've got districts who are saying, okay, maybe the requisite is you need to be passionate about working with kids. So they're upskilling janitors or bus drivers and seeing if they can give them teaching positions. In Midland, Texas, they've got their local university, UT Permian Basin, and they're reaching out to college students there and saying, would you take a residency with us, an apprenticeship with us, trying to get students into teaching positions early so they might come back after graduation. And what about efforts to retain teachers? What are we seeing there? 
So, so much of it comes down to pay. In Des Moines last year, the administration offered teachers, nurses, and others a $50,000 incentive to stay if they were nearing retirement. And Axios Des Moines reports, in some cases, it worked. And then over in Midland, Texas, there's a program where seasoned teachers who've kind of been in the game for a long time, who've shown that they're really effective, can be part of a program where they teach for half the day and then coach for half the day. And then that coaching will give them an additional stipend on top of their salary. So as we talk about the narrative around especially public education changing, what else did people tell you when you were working on this story about how we should be thinking about this? No one really knows what kind of a catch-all solution is except for the obvious of raise pay. And when you add all of these factors like shootings, like the COVID disruption, like the politics, the calculus of teaching just isn't seeming worth it to a lot of teachers and to a lot of prospective graduates who might have dreamed of being teachers. Axios is Erica Pandey. Thanks, Erica. Thanks, Nyla. In a moment, extreme tropical weather on the West Coast. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. Rain began drenching Southern California last night after Hillary, a tropical storm downgraded from a hurricane, made landfall in Mexico's Baja California Peninsula before heading north. The rare tropical disturbance on the West Coast created the first tropical storm warning in Southern California since 1939. Meanwhile, as this weather was hitting, an earthquake struck the L.A. region. Axios's Andrew Friedman is here to explain. Hey, Andrew. Hey. So how rare is this weather situation that we saw in California yesterday? It is rare enough that most people living in California for a long time have not seen it in their lifetime. And considering that the first location in the United States to get a tropical storm or hurricane warning so far this season is San Diego rather than Florida, Texas, or Louisiana, or Virginia, some of the places that you might think of, is pretty remarkable. This was a very interesting phenomenon that had to combine a tropical system with the right atmospheric picture, with the right jet stream setup to accelerate it as it moved north. If people were paying attention to the advisories They went from 17 miles an hour to 22 miles an hour to 25 miles an hour. I mean, this storm was booking it from Mexico to California. And the only way to reach California intact is to book it rather than to move at eight miles an hour over cooler water and disintegrate further. What about the addition of this earthquake? So there are actual studies that have been done into how heavy rainfall can possibly trigger earthquakes. They're pretty inconclusive, unfortunately. So, Andrew, do you think it's right to take from this, okay, things are just going downhill and they're just going to get much worse? If you look at North America right now, you have raging fires that are directly linked to climate change in Canada. An entire city was evacuated last week. You have a heat dome over the central U.S. that just set a record for the strongest heat dome ever observed since 1950 over that part of the country. And one location in Kansas had a heat index of 134 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday. And if you kind of look at these different events occurring... I wouldn't pick the California hurricane 
as the strongest candidate if I were walking into some sort of climate change debate. I would definitely pick the heat wave and, and the wildfires as much more consistent with what we know about the science of this and the direction where it is going. Um, the California issue is we do know that heavy precipitation events are getting heavier, but it's not like a climate change poster child exactly. Andrew Friedman covers weather and climate for Axios. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. U.S. credit card balances rose by $45 billion in the second quarter of 2023, rising past $1 trillion for the first time. We talked about that recently on the podcast, but now more Americans are falling behind on their credit card payments. I asked Axios's Emily Peck to put this all in context. The rate of new credit card delinquencies, that means those more than 30 days late paying their bill, rose to 7.2% in the second quarter of the year. That's higher than the levels last seen back in 2019, before the pandemic, according to a report out earlier this month from the New York Fed. So what's happening? Prices. They've gotten higher for most things. Even though inflation's coming down now, prices are still higher. We all know this. And Americans are increasingly relying on credit cards to make their budgets work in this new higher price atmosphere. They're trying to maintain their levels of consumption, is how Moody's Investor Service put it in a note last week. Also, credit card balances are ballooning more quickly thanks to higher interest rates. So far, these rising delinquency rates aren't high enough to signal trouble for the economy overall. But we'll be watching what happens later this year as millions of Americans start paying their student loans again. They might need to whip out their credit cards to accommodate the new bill, or the new old bill, and that could drive delinquency rates even higher. That's Axios' Emily Peck. And that does it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks to you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.